On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Hard Rain from 1998, starring Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater. I'm Aaron Newworth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and I'm guesting again. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. Come on, Charlie, it's a flood. You're going to get a little wet. Take it easy. But if I can't swim after 40 days. Putting your ass on the line for somebody else's money. By the crashing waves. You said if it goes, it'll wipe out the whole town. Screw the town. I told you, I'm here for the money and that's it. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 64. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster, who's only happy when it rains, Cullen. I'm wearing three raincoats right now. That's how excited I am to talk about Hard Rain. Yes, today we are here to discuss Hard Rain. Cullen, the forecast, please. An armored truck driver and his nephew tried to prevent $3 million from being taken by a local gang during a catastrophic flooding caused by a severe storm. Hard Rain is directed by Mikhail Salomon, written by Graham Yost, and stars Morgan Freeman, Christian Slater, Minnie Driver, Randy Quaid, Edward Asner, Mark Ralston, and Betty White. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. After three Andy Sedaris films in a row, it's time to get wet. (laughs) Anyway, before we go any further, making his record fifth appearance on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, from Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we have... Aaron Newworth. I just want the money. <laughs> I'm a little upset that I didn't think to do a Morgan Freeman impersonation. You son of a gun. Oh. <laughs> I, I made tallies of how many times Morgan Freeman mentions his determination to get the money. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, I feel like I've chosen a great film for you guys here because I believe it has to be the first Morgan Freeman Colts in McCavalcade entry, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. When I, I was when I was watching the movie, I thought, why is he on our show? <laughs> it's like, oh, man, we're gonna get to the bucket list, but yeah, there we go. And this feels like this should start a trend of Christian Slater movies as well. Like if I run yeah. out of '90s movies, I could think of. I think there's plenty of Christian Slater work that could belong on this podcast. Hollow Man like, too. We could do it. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Guys, we're watching cuffs. Get ready. <laughs> so how how you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well. I <laughs> this is a this is a nineties action gem that I am a fan of. Say having said that, I haven't seen this movie until for a number of years. <laughs> so watching it today, I have thoughts <laughs> on, on what, what we watched here. <laughs> Anything anything exciting and new happening over at the uh, old Out Now with Aaron and Abe lately? We're in the throes of award season right now, so there's plenty of good to great movies that are coming out that we have to just kind of cram in before the end of the year to talk about. So we're talking about Lady Bird and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri for this upcoming episode. We just talked about Coco, which is fantastic. 
we're past Justice League, so we can stop talking about that. Like, it's a lot of great stuff you know, we can really work with, though. And, of course, there's a Star Wars movie on the way, so that means they're going to we're gonna have a new commentary. You're going to be a part of that. There we're we go. New Star, Wars, new Star Wars commentary track coming for Empire Strikes Back. So I, a, lot, a lot of fun stuff. I yeah, heard of that yeah. one. Might have to I heard that's one of, the, one of the good ones, I think. Might have to brush up. So wh- why hard rain? You bring us you bring us the rain that hards. <laughs> As you know, I'm only on the show when it comes to movies set in the 90s. Well, you, uh, when Brandon told me you were doing hard rain, he didn't have to say the next sentence of well, Aaron's going to be on the show. Like, I already knew why we're watching hard rain. Um, uh, this is this is one where it's a huge bomb. So obviously it's fit for this podcast. I don't know if it has like this kind of cult favoritism to it. Like if there's a, you know, a a crowd of hard rainers that watch this movie, like every rainy season of the year, although I really (laughs) hope so now, and we should start that movement. (laughs) (laughs) I just want the (laughs) money.com. It's from my recollection. It's a fun movie that has some really interesting stuff in it because of the, you know, basically the big budget for a movie that has Christian Slater as the lead character. I mean, Morgan Freeman's the bigger name, but this is the Christian Slater movie. And, Pretty much his last, like, big movie that he was a major star of. Beyond, like, if you count Alone in the Dark and, what, Mindhunters? This is uh, it. Like, Wind Talkers. He was in it, but, like, but that's he, a yeah. This is, like, his last, like, we're going to give you one more chance, Christian Slater, because after this, and after, you know, those other little obscure movies, he goes direct-to-video, and now he's basically TV's Christian Slater. Like, that's what right. he's been for the past, yeah. like, decade. It's worked out because now he's Golden Globe winner T. Christian Slater for Mr. Robot. But it's not that I've grown up with Christian Slater because he's, you know, older than me. But at the same time, it feels like as a 90s child, I very much saw a lot of movies with Christian Slater in it. Mm -hmm. So this is not necessarily because True Romance is like the ultimate Christian Slater movie. But this is like pretty quintessential Christian Slater as far as he's trying to play protagonist, even though he's a smart ass. He's partnered with, like, a, a greater actor. He's doing his action thing again. I mean, Broken Arrow, before, which has... I we'll love Broken about. Arrow. I love, I love Broken Arrow, too. That's a future commentary right there. The three of us will be on that, well, for sure. <laughs> on the list. We're going to do that one, for sure. Uh, but it's like this this movie, as opposed to Broken Arrow, which was a hit, this is like, this, this is right down there in the CCC podcast realm. I think this this fits right in there as far as the kind of absurd nature of the story, the combining of different genres, big stars that don't belong in this versus ones that kind of do. Like there's, it, it seems like the, quote, quote unquote, the, po- the perfect storm for, for, for this podcast. I mean, people are like, somebody was like, well, get, let's, let's headline Slater. Like, you don't think Broken Arrow made money because of Travolta? It's like, no, no, it was Slater. <laughs> Just in case we'll get Freeman. Have him pair with him. I think the the producers needed a calendar. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't 1987. Christian Slater can't carry a movie. What I think didn't help was he he was in jail right before this movie came out. So that yeah. probably hurt kind of the PR going into this movie. It's like, <laughs> who's starring in it? That guy that's like beating his wife at a drug user? Like, I don't want to see that at all. The Wizards, yeah. Christian Slater. <laughs> Gleaning the cubes, Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater on Dying Quest for Justice doesn't really ring true after he's just been released from jail. The supporting cast, but I mean, there's like Mini Driver and Randy Quaid and Ed Ast, but like the rest of them, it's a lot of like people that aren't character actors you'd expect. It. Like it feels like this this cast is loaded with people that should be like 90s character actors, but mm-hmm. it's not. No. You know what I mean? Like, 
like you should get you should get like a Macy in here or mm. like not even not necessarily Buscemi, but like you know what I'm saying. Like people yeah. like the like instead we get Kenny, Trejo, like you know people that could easily pop up in this kind of movie, but they don't. So instead you have like you know people from Law and Order or um, <laughs> the things Richard Dr- Dysart. Like there's and and of course Ben White, but uh, <laughs> it's like there's. Yeah. The ingredients that would generally make like a typical Jerry Bruckheimer like action blockbuster. People, like, people that you would think happen. of from things other than Hard Rain, rather than oh, it's that guy from Hard Rain. The cast yeah. of Enemy of the State should be in this movie, but they're oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black. Jack Black would have helped the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Seth Green is Kenny. Yeah. Yes, oh, exactly. That, yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Like, Kenny's, you said that. Kenny's the perfect because Kenny should be like a guy who's like huge now, but was like this was like his first movie. Instead, it's just nobody. Like it's <laughs> one of importance. It's like someone else. Like I think I've seen him in other stuff. I don't remember what it was, so he couldn't have been that important, I guess. And then you look him up, and you're like, no, guess not. No. Yep. <laughs> so let's dig in to Hard Rain, that seventy million dollar movie that made nineteen and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And hey, uh, all the water's on the screen, right? So, it, <laughs> yes. Expensive. I'll give the movie. It looks like an expensive movie. No, it does look like it was an expensive, like backlight shot. I mean, this was shot in yeah. Indiana, same city as a League of Their Own, and then in Vancouver. There's something shot overseas, right? Perhaps. Randomly? I know uh, it has know. Like, like the like one of the biggest like painted sound stages of all time, mm-hmm. something like that, like some record for that like yeah, like I've probably been beaten but i think it has been beaten at this point but like yeah. one of like the biggest painted sound screens behind it or something the, the movie does start out impressively here with like this uh one shot that takes us from you know far away through the town all the way up to uh randy quaid on his cb in the car mm-hmm. so i thought that was his name i was like okay this might, this might it's have about some fun it's about it's about the, the most ambition that the, the movie has exactly it ends right there yeah. they're the most creative <laughs> You know, thing that happens like uh, heavy rains coming down, the town's flooding, people are evacuating. They have a McDonald's, just so you know. Like all the buildings are like grim, dark, shut off, but McDonald's is well lit and noticeable. <laughs> over yeah, the, the hard corner. rate toys were great when this movie came out. I gotta say, you know, it had, <laughs> <laughs> they had like a jet ski, a, a stained glass window. A, I could a never, I could never get the just... Betty White collector cup though. It was always out. Yeah, yeah, that was that was all. Yeah, that was a hot item. So I always got I always got the wet T-shirt. It was just a wet T-shirt in a bag. <laughs> it ruined your prize every time. Every time. I don't know why it was a prize. <laughs> the music, the theme plays here, and this is the theme from Twenty Four. And I looked, Sean Callery has nothing to do with this, but he probably saw Hard Rain and was inspired. I like, cause it is like leading me. I'm like, whoa, this is 24. And then it goes off on its own little thing and then comes back. It's like, oh, this is 24. Like it was bugging me the whole time. And I like, noticed it God. because they play this theme over and over again. Like they reuse yeah. the mm-hmm. same basic key, like every, every five minutes of this movie. I love that, it, that anyone was inspired by Hard Rain. Like I know what... 
I know how to score this show now. Thank you, Hard Rain. And I must mention, Graham Yost wrote this, and he's done great yes. stuff. I mean, he, he coming into this was like speed, and he was a connective tissue from Broken Arrow as well. He'd written that one, and you know, he'd go on to create Justified, big executive producer on that, and The Americans, two of the best TV shows in the last 10 years. And I, uh, I met Graham Yost once at an Americans um, like reception thing. Enough about tried... your hit show. Let's talk about Hard Rain, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, because I, wa- I, I wanted to say something about speed, but I was like, I'll just say about Justified. Because because even if there was Americans, like Justified's on at the same time at that point. So I'm like, I'll, I'll just talk about that. So it's not too off topic from, <laughs> from Grammio's current work. <laughs> but I mean, you can you can see the seeds of his types of characters and things like yeah. that from his TV shows in Hard Rain. Hard Rain, you can't because Speed is so like rewritten by Joss Whedon. So it's <laughs> like it doesn't reflect as much. But Hard Rain, you can. Yeah, you can get because there's more. The characters are seedier as opposed to Speed where everyone's pretty black and white. I mean, this like, feels you know, like it's happening like two towns over from Justified almost. Yeah, like this... right outside Harlan County. Exactly. Yes. So we have Quaid plays Sheriff Mike Collins. He asks a guy, you know, if some, you know, he asks the guy if they're all going to die and scene looks really green screened. I don't know. Well, I'm like, man, this looks fake as hell. The, the mayor stops to talk to the cops about getting something wrong about Quaid on his way out. So I imagine there's some election that happened. We'll he get lost. confirmation. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, when the mayor pulled up and like he was being a dick to Randy Quaid, I was like, uh-oh, the mayor's going to be the bad guy in the movie. Like, no, he's just, that was it. That's the last you see of him. <laughs> well, all the cops think he, the mayor's an asshole. And then uh, Quaid says, What do you say we torch that son of bitch's house and blame it on looters? Or how about put a dead cow in his living room he comes back after it's been in water a couple days hello uh, you know the best way to get revenge on the mayor and his boys you do exactly what we're doing you protect the town this logic does not hold up he doesn't he's not <laughs> yeah. a man of his word i'll tell you that i like right away there's because i notice a theme running through this and there's some interesting things that go with it but don't trust the cops is a large part of this movie which is interesting for 1998 yeah. Yeah, we see the feet of some guys we think are robbing a bank, but it's Christian Slater and Ed Asner, Uncle Charlie and Tom. They're armored car guys taking out a drop, and Slater shuts. uh, Here's the funny thing: he puts they put the money in the back of the car. He shuts the back door and then like knocks it twice as if for it to drive off. But they're the only guys with the armored car (laughs) and driving it. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Maybe that's the, that's the code for I'm closing the door. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Got it. He, I was like, is there a third guy in the car? No, just that. He did it because he saw other people do it in other movies. Like, this looks cool. Now I'm doing it too. <laughs> and it's his good luck charm. So he doesn't get robbed. Tap it twice. <laughs> Clearly well, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> they talk in the car. We basically get that Tom's a dreamer. And then Uncle Charlie is like... Oh, damn kids, this is a good job, blah, 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 that kind of relationship. And uh, we join our film's crooks at a bar where one's spouting viable verses and one's happy like they've already done some robbery that they're planning. And there's a geek guy. And then there's Morgan Freeman as Jim, who calmly does crossword puzzles and sends the gloating guy a message to shut it on uh, I, uh, the crossword puzzle. I have all my notes in front of me. I made sure to take, to take notes of who these characters were. So I have Earring... Kenny, bombs, and toothpick. And you also finished the crossword puzzle. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I like those names better. I wish they would actually use those names. 
What was the movie Tell telling one time? It's too thick when it's constantly raining outside. <laughs> I just kept wondering <laughs> that the whole time. I, I do like when he, he finishes the crossword. Well, it doesn't finish, but he writes, mention money again, and I'll kill you. And, you know, when I see that, I'm like, oh, man, Morgan Freeman's going to kill a guy over money. Cool. Yeah, my, my note there says Morgan Freeman has no time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which, which actually, because we skipped the over, it, it follows my other note that says Ed Asner has no time for this shit. So right. <laughs> everyone's really in a hurry on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone has any time for any shit in this movie, to be fair. <laughs> we find out that Uncle Charlie got Tom the job, and he, you know, he thanks him for it. But then Uncle Charlie kind of relents and says the job stinks. And as they're talking, uh, Uncle Charlie's not paying attention and drives down into some deep water, and they're stuck. Charlie CBs it in the the accident, and Tom looks on top of the truck to see if there's any help around, but this town is completely vacated. Charlie tells him the National Guard will be in town in a couple hours. When I, when I saw this scene happening, I thought, how did Charlie not notice the complete lack of road in front of him? There's clearly, like, a river in front of him, and he drives headfirst into it. It reminds me of... Ken Marino's character from Wet Hot American Summer <laughs> plows the van right into the tree. Well, well he did it on purpose. Well, we don't I, know that right well, now. Yeah. When we find out he's in on things, I don't think it's necessarily his plan was to drive into a a, par- a portion of road that was flooded too high. Right. That's, that's, what it, that's what it looked like, you know, eventually. Like, what the hell? Unless it's one meticulous plan. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait for the rainiest day of the year. I've studied the asphalt. I know where the water's going to flood the highest. We'll crash right here, this this intersection. Um, Sheriff goes by a bait shop and tries to get a guy named Henry and his wife Doreen, played by Betty White, to get out of town, but they refuse to leave. And through their dialogue, we find out the sheriff lost the election recently, and she pisses him off because they're setting traps in the house and taunting him about losing the election. It, it sounds like it's going to be like Home Alone, but with elderly people. And why hasn't that been made? <laughs> it's called Skyfall. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, they, they say they'll go to his sister's house when they finish the traps. And Be- Betty White, I think, pretty, is pretty much the worst person in this movie. You can be- No, wait, there's one cop that's the worst person. She's the second worst person she's, in this movie. <laughs> she's pretty bad. At the armored car, Tom and Charlie see a truck with bright lights approaching charlie yells for help they yell back saying they will help and brighten up the lights and we see that it's jim and the crooks and he tells them not to screw up his retirement and they asked to turn down the lights tom pulls his gun and charlie's not too happy about that and a bullet accidentally fires and a little bit of a firing exchange happens between the groups and uncle charlie gets hit uh jim's pretty pissed making his guys hold their fire and then my, my uh, note here says, why is there a gunfight? Like there's yeah. there's no reason for anyone to be shooting, but some for some reason Kenny shoots and then Bob's next to him starts like unloading on his shotgun. Like, why is all what is why is this happening? What is this what's yeah. there's, um, there's no reason for this this escalated tension, and yet the movie needed it to happen. Calm down. There's two guys like one of them doesn't even like isn't firing a gun, just calm it down. What's the decaf? Damn it. Eventually, Uncle Charlie dies, and um, Tom's going to miss his Uncle Charles, but he'll see him at the crossroads. The, after... Get the iconic line, we just want the money. <laughs> after after no response uh, from Tom, Jim and the Jim and company been again crossing the water to the armored car. When they get there, all there is is uh, Uncle Char- Charlie's floating corpse, 
and the empty armored car. Via some rope, Tom is on the run with the money dragging behind him, and the crooks debate whether he's using it as leverage or trying to keep the money for himself. He goes, pretty soon it'll be too deep for him to run, but it'll be just deep enough for us, which, okay, sure, whatever that means. I'd like to think of this as a, a sequel to Up Now, where Edward Asner's life turned into being an armored car driver. <laughs> <laughs> like, I gotta pay the bill somehow. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see this movie told in Up animation. That'd be fun. Yeah, Rus- uh, Russell's the Christian Slater character. <laughs> yes. We see a flooded cemetery, and Tom emerges from under a big ale tombstone, and he runs off with no money. He, uh, he buries it at, uh, I know this, he, he buried the money at Natalie Portman's grave. Yes. Yeah, she she died in Huntingburg, Indiana. A little known fact. The crooks break into a shop to take a boat with a shallow draft, but they find some jet skis. So they have a speedboat and jet skis, and quickly, <laughs> quickly they're on to Tom as he runs toward the middle school. He's on the side. No one could possibly see where he is if he just stayed still or stayed on the side of the road. But he's like, I'm going to run to the middle of the street where there are still streetlights and make sure that anyone can see me if they're looking for me. So that's the only reason they're able to find him. There's a lot of times where that happens, where they're like on these jet skis and there's no possible way these people in a town could randomly find somebody in this amount of rain, in this amount of darkness. I mean, it is a small town, but I mean, geez. (laughs) I know. Also, this movie loves the jet skis. It takes every oh, yeah. time, every every shot it can make that focuses on a jet ski, it does it. It's like I gotta, we gotta use our jet ski budget is insane, so we need to make sure we use all the jet ski footage. We bought the jet skis. We're gonna use the jet skis. Yet zero jet skis <laughs> featured on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> The crooks follow him in the middle school with strict instructions not to shoot him, but they do blow it up, like, the, the wall to get in there with, with it, because they got to get those jet skis inside the school. It's no uh, it's... deep rising as far as jet skis on the poster. But right. We'll that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenny gets coaxed into by Tom into driving into a, a stair step and crashing into a trophy case. Yeah, there's like three puns within like 15 seconds in this scene. <laughs> Slater's big on the under the breath one-liner. Like he emails that he does that in Broken Arrow a lot too, where he's just like, "No one else is gonna hear me be cool, but I'm gonna say something anyway." I'm gonna say it really cool, like low tide sailor, you know, like really, bam. It's like when he, when he tells people this story, and he does, he always includes that part. He's like, "Get at this guy." So I told him, "Watch your step," and then he rammed into his step. Oh man, it got his ass good. He's the kind of guy that would see Nick Frost's character, Butterman, in Hot Fuzz and, like, try to impress him anytime he ran into him to tell him about cop stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom, then, I love this, he takes the Kenny's hat and his, like, jacket and gets on his jet ski, but, like, the, the Bible-quoting guy, I don't remember his name. Toothpick. Toothpick. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> he immediately knows. He's like, wait, wait, that ain't Kenny. Like a Ninja Turtle dressed in a trench coat and hat it's like more convincing of a costume it's the worst divert it's like that that bottom maybe two seconds of time to get this yeah i mean he's on a jet ski so it's just like basically like an alarm saying here i come look at look at me in this direction you know he's not gonna he blends into nothing this movie has a it has a field day with like ways christian slater doesn't solve his problem there's a lot of like 
things that are set up that could potentially help him that don't. And this is like the first of those. (laughs) (laughs) So, but they got toothpicks. Name is Ray, by the way. Okay, Ray. I found found that because I looked it up. The actor, uh, Ricky Harris, Ricky Harris passed away like last year. Oh, Uh, yeah, he had a heart attack. Um, he was like 51. It's fortunate, but yeah, I guess I've seen him in other. I've, he's one of the actors I have seen in other things. Actually, so it's like, oh, that was unfortunate to learn. He, he died last year. It'll always be toothpick to me. Yep. So, Cullen, we don't have crotch trauma this week. It's taking a break, but we do have something we haven't seen in a, in a while on Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Christian Slater ends up getting away from him because he's attacked by falling lockers. <laughs> yeah which was something we had a for a couple episodes in a row where like people got getting attacked by lockers like high school lockers and uh, they get yeah they start falling and because when you flood the lockers just come apart in schools for some reason but there's, a, there's an interesting number of things that come loose underwater and things that don't come loose underwater that mm-hmm. fascinating so tom flies out of the school through the windows and jim and the geek guy which I just call him the geek guy because he seemed like that's what the type they were going for with this guy, but he doesn't really deliver on anything other than being an extra body. They give him a, a, a slow chase on the boat. Like, I felt like that boat was like, you know, you guys could speed it up here, right? Like, but... Like, you uh, could just, like, walk alongside it. Yeah, so they see the jet ski blow up in the distance, but when they get there, they, they see that it's crashing in a tree and realize that Tom's still alive. So Ray gives a Bible verse quote, to pump them up, but Kenny gets in an argument with Jim that pisses him off, and then Tom finds himself at a church that appears to be under construction, and then, like, John Woo doves fly at him. Yeah. Like, like wait, did you... Yeah, Woo was involved in pre-production. You guys forgot to get rid of that uh, storyboard or something. I Tom... just wish they would have gotten out of a limousine, and then, like, the doves would have flown yeah. behind them. He doesn't get to enjoy it much because he's hit over the head with a crucifix. And he uh, wakes in a jail cell, and we meet Karen, played by Minnie Driver, who was stowing away, who she, in that church, she's trying to rebuild it, and turned Tom over to the police, and they think Tom is a looter, but he tells them, I'm not a looter. But this time, Jim and company are searching the school lockers for the money. That's where they think Tom put it. Uh, At the station, Tom tells the police he was looking for a place to hide from the guys who killed his partner. I don't like to have that much cash around with me. Yeah. (laughs) He tells the sheriff the story and how they had $3 million in the armored truck. Tells the story, sheriff immediately where he hid the money it's in a crypt from a guy named Portman. And sheriff says he's going to take Wayne with him, who is uh, Drake from Aliens. And the worst character in this movie. And the, yeah, the worst character. In this yeah. Movie. <laughs> like, like everything that comes out of his mouth is just, you, you just want someone to punch him in the face. Preferably like, yourself, but God, he's awful. You could make a movie with like, he doesn't do this, but Ray Quigley goes, Cool it, Ray! Calm down, Ray! Because that's why he's just, like, fiery. So he's going to take Wayne with him to go check it out, and they're, they're leaving Tom in his cell. Because for some reason you can't trust the armored car guy. Wayne's very untrustworthy of Tom. The other for some poli- re- like, Tom has... There's no reason not to believe anything this man is saying. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne is mm-hmm. just like, not to skirt some lines here, but it's not even like Tom's black. Like, it's not like right. he's like, it's yeah. not like he's, you know, he's a regular white guy in this town wearing mm-hmm. an armored car costume. It's like, the, Wayne doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be untrustworthy of this situation. He's So he's just inherently an asshole for no reason. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, it would make sense if there was 
an already established plan that the police were like involved in this and that was just his overcompensation of covering for it or you know playing his part but their their involvement is on the fly yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah the first time they find out about anything is when tom shows up to tell them hey um i'm a truck driver and you know guys are after me but after the money yeah yeah i don't know like what would tom have to gain from this lie why would he dress up as an armored truck guard just to make up this story during the worst rainstorm and that's ever happened on the planet? It, it, it immediately him, reveals where the money is. Like, yeah, hey, he it's says, here. Yeah, like, there's no like, there's nothing left to mystery here. Like, there's nothing to gain from this whatsoever by creating this story. If you're gonna say everything that's going on, I just wish he would have said, "Hey, boners, I'm on your side." There, there's a third guy who works at the sheriff's station, and he's the dopey, kind one, whereas if he was in Die Hard 2, he'd be the guy that gets his throat slit chewing a piece of gum when <laughs> the bad guys reveal themselves. But he's going to take Karen back to her house. She wants to go back to the church, but she knocks him off the boat and takes off on her own, and he goes and hangs out on some statue that's deep in the flood. We, we I, I made sure to write statue because we come back to the statue a number of times. Like yes. it's an important so, statue to the plot. It's just showing it's just, us the level of water raising, I think. That was Well, it, like... it, it it lodges a boat and right. stuff. Like it's oh, like it's right. a, it's a, it's a central statue of the town. <laughs> Does Karen have a New York accent by the way? Like she's she, hiding her accent. Like Well, I don't yeah, I get that. Yeah, many drivers hiding her accent, but I'm like, well, she's cuz it's not like a southern accent or any, like it's just like it seems like there's something there like she's a, she's like a new yorker like that's the kind of, unless it's just really bad well it's kind of like like joel kinnaman he always has this sort of like street slang to his covering up his accent yeah but many drivers been in google hunting and gross point blank yeah. like mm-hmm. and you know she's not having any issues there this she specifically seems to have like a new yorkish type of accent so yeah. it's like okay that's that's not that doesn't matter <laughs> whatever well, maybe- Maybe all that water that she's surrounded by is like a weakness to her. It's kind of like uh, unbreakable, but with her voice, she maybe did, that's what's going on. She did. She is noted as saying she had a horrible. T- she hated making this movie. So, and it wasn't like working with people. She was wet every day. Well, that, that's <laughs> and standing in water. How, <laughs> how anyone escaped this movie without getting pneumonia? Because probably I, did. <laughs> did uh, Betty well, White Daniel, and uh, they were too old to be putting them in water every day. Yeah, well, damn near every scene, the water is up to at least their their waist. Yeah, or they're having it drenched on them through a sprinkler system. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the the water level it it goes up to like the second story at least. I would imagine you know, some exterior scenes and stuff, but like I I, w- I would imagine a lot of this is soundstage. Like it, well, how could it? Well, why wouldn't you do the soundstage? Yeah, like that's what I wonder. Like maybe just the very beginning of the movie is in Indiana, and the rest of it is just you know they just filled up a a tub and shot it. So I mean, it's a convincing tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a really good tub. Uh, so some guy's taking a dump at the dam, and of course forgets <laughs> to do something and tries to warn the sheriff, but the sheriff can't hear. And, Did uh, anyone else wonder why we, we watched the damn guy taking a dump? Yeah, I, I was wrote, like, whoa, this is I, random. This is it's, in my. In, in my notes, I wrote toilet flood. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not helping. Although, you see what's going on out there, man? It's a total. If this guy never came back in the movie, it would make sense because that's like a total 90s thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh-huh. what? Oh, no. He's Fall asleep at character. the wheel. <laughs> so, see, if it were me, I would just take a, a dump over the dam 
just all that water pouring out because no one's going to know the difference. It's like, this is my one opportunity to get away with it. <laughs> the crooks are jet skiing through the streets looking for Tom, and Wayne gets knocked off his boat as some rushing water from the dam starts coming in hard, and Karen's working on a generator at the church, and it gets knocked over with all the rushing water. Uh, the police station begins to flood really bad. And Tom tries with his belt to pull keys off a floating desk toward him. Then he wakes g- up and the water's already to like the level of the bed. Like, how did you not hear or sense the soothing, th- soothing been, sound of a, a storm? Day. It's been a busy day. He's tired. So, soothing sound of a storm, man. Uh, when, with the power, we get these power lines that start knocking down in the water. And then Tom manages to snag the whole desk and pull it towards him, getting the keys out, and then noticing that, oh, they're for a Ford. Uh, That was kind of a funny I can drive my way out of here. Yeah. (laughs) The pull for the power lines then shoots through the police station and bumps into the cell. (laughs) It's almost like he, like, pulled, like, like, a candlestick out of the ground that somehow activated... Like the pole firing into the police station because it's yeah. immediate. As soon as he gets the keys, like oh, I guess I'm gonna. It's a pole here now. This, that's what I was saying. There's like all these weird things happen that do not help him. Like, no, I thought it was like... gonna like crack open the the cell a bit and he could swim out. Like no, that the same thing happens whether that pole hits or not. Yeah, yeah. no, like he gets the keys, they do nothing. The the thing. Bust open the door doesn't help him. Like it's just all he said. He tries the the next thing he tries to do still doesn't work overall. Like it's just yeah. like it's... Well, he the the cell fills up. He grabs a flashlight and empties it out so he can, and takes the lens stuff out so he can breathe, make a snorkel out of it. And there's like a, a like a neon light above him with a grid and like the ceiling. And he sticks somehow sticks the flashlight through that grid to have breathing space. And then the ceiling removes and like karen's there to take the ceiling and the grate off and pull him out and i'm like what she 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 seems to know the the roof of the police station pretty well to know to pull that off so it'd be the exact place you know where that cell is i'll I'll say this because i like this scene i do think this is a it's a strong sequence for in the midst of a a disaster movie slash heist film this like this is a pretty creative you know action like suspense sequence for a movie about flooding like have a guy trapped in a jail cell what you mean mean this isn't die hard in a flood it basically is but i mean (laughs) i mean but i can i can just i can discern that karen like or because she you know you have a shot of her like realizing that he's locked in the like he's she's when she's trying to like patch up the flooded church stuff and he's she like has this look on her face like that guy's locked in the jail like she has that look on her face i can surmise that she arrived saw the whole building was flooded figured well he's got to be somewhere he's going to be trying to get out on the roof and like, goes to the roof and, and if i if i walk three paces left and then 10 paces straight on after that i should be right at his cell i mean that's a locked grate on the top where there's not much options like, i don't know she could have been looking the whole time. Maybe she just, she just found that one. It'd be Maybe really easy whoa. to break someone out of that jail, I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. make a lot of, if it make a lot of noise if there wasn't a flood going on. Right. So it's like bursting through the lights in the ceiling. It's also just a holding <laughs> cell, so it's like, ah, I got the uh, the drunk driver out real early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's back on the loose. Uh, as they escape, some explosions happen, and the bad guys keep searching around. And see them right away. <laughs> yeah. 
Karen and Tom hide in a car, and Karen's cool with just telling them where the money is and moving on, but Tom says if they know where it is, they'll kill them. They decide to float in the car for a while and lay low until the National Guard shows up. The sheriff and the other cops at the station find that someone got Tom out, and he's not dead. The one th- the one guy thinks it might be Karen and confesses that uh, she got the best of him earlier on. And uh, in the car, Karen and Tom have a little convo about his background, blah... Have you ever been robbed before? No. I've only been doing this a couple of months. Oh. Yeah, I used to, uh... Yep, sell construction machinery. It's doing all right. It just, uh... I don't know. It doesn't really seem right anymore, you know? So how'd you end up doing this? Uncle Charlie did me a favor and got me in. Nice favor. Karen and Tom decide to exit as they go through some hot power lines and such, and they try to climb up a building, first using a little metal structure. He's like, wait, it's metal. We need to get off this. And as uh, Christian Slater's trying to get off of it, Kenny spots him, jumps at Tom, and they have a water fight skirmish, and a transformer is about to blow, and Tom gets to the window ledge with Karen. Kenny climbs up the metal thing. He's like, no! It's like the transformer blows, it electrocutes him. Fire, he's dying, there's a lot of stuff happening. Right. There's they, a surprising amount of fire in this movie for all the water that's in it. Right. <laughs> the building they go into, the window, they have to avoid a bear trap when they get in there, and then they're held up at shotgun point by Doreen. Of all the places they could have randomly wound up, Outside, the crooks pick up Kenny, who is still alive. Doreen and Henry are hiding in the attic of their house. Outside, Jim tries to convince Kenny he's going to be all right. This is this is the why and, you get Morgan Freeman for yes. this role because it's way too well acted for this. Right. Movie. Yeah, no, yeah. And <laughs> it's such a like it's way sadder because Morgan Freeman's giving it his all of this part. <laughs> when you said I was going to be all right, I thought you were shitting me. I wouldn't shit you, kid. I wouldn't shit you. See, you just gotta... Just, uh, trust me. feel real bad for that bank robber. Right, yeah. Well, Kenny, like, he's a kid, and he, like, even treats it like, well, like, there's a whole scene where he's on the, like, jet ski, and he's, like, shooting his revolver in the oh. air, like, he's on a horse. <laughs> he's like, woohoo! What does that, like, Morgan Freeman give some sob story about how he found Kenny and stuff, yet he was the guy who threatened his life earlier in the movie on the crossword puzzle thing? That was big talk. Big t- <laughs> Yeah, like when he held him like in his arms and it's, watched him die, I felt like you didn't like this guy. You threatened to kill him. Tough like an love. <laughs> his tough love involves removing life. That's his tough love. It's tough. They're, they're robbing a bank. Of course, that'd be tough, the kind of tough love. Doreen tries to kick Karen and Tom out, but Henry disagrees. And Tom says he's got to go out and meet the National Guard anyway. Henry gives them his boat. Our only boat in the middle of a flood. You are a genius, Henry. A regular Einstein. You want to come with me? Jesus, Henry, what are you waiting for? Let's just go by. Get in here. It's the best. That's the best that's line. The, yeah. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. No, that's the best. No, it's just the reaction. It's one of the best. In, in, in a, what, Dr. Copper from The Thing? It was just right. Like, okay. yeah. It's one of the best like, written, acted, edited, directed scenes in the entire movie. Just this well, little like exchange. Betty White's so horrible in this, like, yeah. to him oh, yeah. everybody around her. Like, almost every line that is delivered to Henry is, 
do you want me to kill her or your life is awful? Just anything that is expressing how miserable they are around Betty White. And was how this the same year as Lake Placid? Was this the same year as Lake Placid? It's around because I kept yeah. thinking she's like this. This is like like her twin sister from Lake Placid. Yeah. Or something. Lake Placid's what ninety nine. Like I thought that you know Betty White's certainly kind of a pain in the ass in this movie, but I don't know if it deserves like as much hate as she gets. You know. <laughs> Well, no, she, the things she's saying are sensible to a degree. I don't know about the setting the traps part, but, like, yes, I'd right. be complaining about giving my one boat away during the flood, too. But Betty White's so shrill about it. It's like, God, gee, get this away from me. No, thank you. It's like, I wish I had more boats. <laughs> so, so as Tom goes to leave, the crooks are they're, they're around the corner, like, patiently, like, watching him. And Jim says, I, I know where he's going. What I'd like to know is where he came from, okay? Uh, <laughs> For a guy who says constantly that he just wants the money, he, he really shouldn't have that concern. Technically, he's going to where he came from, Jim, uh, just, just so you know. Because we go to the armored car where Tom gets the shotgun from the car, and he sweeps the inside of it for some reason. And then he's cornered by Jim with the threat of Doreen and Henry in his boat as well. Thank you, Henry. Yes. Tom makes Jim prove his word on things by letting them go, and Karen is out swimming on her own. As, as Tom loads Henry and Doreen on the boat, they mention that Karen was never seen by them and still in the attic, which, why did we have her swimming right before that? Wouldn't you put it after that? I didn't agree with that editing choice. But uh, Doreen is still bitching when Henry's rowing her out to, to leave, and he slows down, turns the boat around, and he's like... I'm going to row back there and see if he will shoot you or me. It's fine either way. Henry, you want me to get us out of here? Yes, of course. Then shut the fuck up. I like when, when they when they let him go and the and bombs. He's like, thank you, thank you. Right this way, he like escorts them off of the boat. <laughs> it's like because you can tell that she's been like just nonstop bitching the whole time about mm-hmm. everything. So uh, the sheriff then finds Karen in the water. Tom takes the crooks right to the cemetery, and the the geek guy gives exposition about how bodies will be floating up from the ground, which never really comes into play. Uh, Jim lets Tom know to quit stalling as the National Guard isn't coming. They were never called. Charlie had talked to them, not the National Guard. The damn guy, he's there. He warns the sheriff of more rushing water coming because he's not the damn. Sheriff tells him to get down there. I guess. And then uh, Tom calls bullshit on Jim, but Jim insists Charlie was involved and they were friends spouting off random facts about Charlie. Charlie's death was an accident. Jim never told anyone Charlie was on their side. And then Jim pulls a gun on Tom to ask him about the money. Tom then says he'll show him where it is. They go to the grave. Tom goes under to get the money. He pops up and says it's gone. And then Ray goes to shoot Tom, but he's killed by the sheriff. Let me back backtrack to when I said you can't trust the cops in this movie. The first person they kill is the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Wow! Like one of the first times you see the cops when they're um, directing traffic, getting everyone out of town. You hear one of the cops say, "Get that piece of junk out of here!" And I, I'm like, "Okay, the cops in this movie are clearly dicks." <laughs> a firefight ensues and the geek dude gets a bullet like mole green style right through the glasses yeah. into the eye jim has tom hostage jim says he's got to shoot through tom to get to him and the sheriff says 
okay. And he goes to, and they, they jump out, and the sheriff butt hits Karen with the butt of his gun off the boat. Shootout continues, and when it stops, the, the damn guy, he shows up, and the sheriff tells him they're going to keep the armored truck money and split it four ways even. The, the damn guy agrees. They go decide to go hunting for Jim, Tom, and Karen. And then Phil, the, the dopey cop guy, he's upset about killing people to get this done, citing Tom and Karen aren't looters. And he says, no, they're witnesses. And we get more shootout. Tom finds a gun underwater. We then get Phil saying, but you're the sheriff. And in this part of the trailer, it said, I'm the what? Then it doesn't happen. We get this speech. For 20 years, you've been looking out for For 20 thing. years, I've been eating shit. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, tonight I'm changing the menu. From now on, everything I eat is going to be shit-free. Phil pulls the gun on the sheriff. The sheriff says, $750,000 or you can kill me. It's the deal. And But before anything can happen, Jim tosses some explosive thing, steals a boat, and picks up Tom, and they escape. And I'm like, what? They didn't pick up Karen? Like, what? Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a big town now. It's big, it used to be a small town. Yeah. Now it's a big town. So big it's hard town. to, you know, navigate all the... The cemetery is vast. See, this is stuff I like, though. I like... You're not going to keep Morgan Freeman as the bad guy. That just, right. That's stupid. So it's like, what do we do? We revert. We flip it around. We make Randy Quaid just a dick cop that he's always been, but now he's, like, against them. And they have to team up. I can see them workshopping this in the script. It's like, well, how do we keep this going? Well, <laughs> twist. How about that? <laughs> After complaining uh, they're, that they're going too slow, Jim dumps Kenny's body off the boat to make it go faster. The motor eventually gives out, and it shakes up the boat, and Jim is knocked out. The damn guy catches up to them and chases while shooting at them, and Tom gets the boat to the church, and they get inside, and the sheriff says they're going to smoke them out. <laughs> we see Tom has a wound from a grazed bullet and uh, tries to find stuff to tend to it. They have a talk about the money and what they do, and Tom says Belize is where he'd go with it. Belize. What? Belize. It's this uh, small country in Central America on the Atlantic side. I know where Belize is. What about it? Speak English. Dollar goes a long way. Beautiful beaches. Friendly people. Liberal banking laws. Very liberal banking. And outside, the cops start throwing in Molotov cocktails, basically. Back at, I think it's at Karen's house. She gets handcuffed to a stair rail by Wayne, who apparently Ooh. thinks it's high time to uh, Harvey Weinstein her. Like, what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, wow, this movie took this turn. And also, who uh, has the, the wherewithal, like, hey, my life's in danger. You know, I, I'm fighting a gang. I'm trying to steal millions of dollars you know what i'm gonna cut off a slice for me who who has that kind of time or thought and then what's the plan like they want them dead right like he's gonna like snidely whiplash here just like ha here comes the i don't train, really want to but... think of the mechanics of wayne and what he's like attempting yeah. to go after at this point it's 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 a middle of a flood and he's like up oh, time to get raping it's like what yeah like... <laughs> When being a corrupt, pissed off, bitter, thieving member of the sheriff's department, don't be Wayne. <laughs> don't be Wayne. Uh, so he has to go check on something as the lights go out, and Karen pulls a knife from her pocket and uh, before he gets back, and he comes back with a romantic candle, apparently. But when he gets close, she stabs him right in the neck, and he grabs his gun, but has the shot of a stormtrooper before he falls into the water and dies. She's uh, the candle, though. Yes. And also, 
Where did he find a candle dry enough to be lit? Water, again, water is up to their hips, if not deeper. But somehow he finds this dry candle. Uh, I don't... I don't understand the way his mind works. <laughs> the sheriff and damn guy come crashing through the stained glass windows at the church. Meanwhile, Kara notices the keys to her cuffs are on Wayne's belt. And this is the second time in the movie where someone is trying to reach for keys. At <laughs> That's a exactly like, what I thought, too. <laughs> but The movie should, be, should have been called Hard to Reach Keys. <laughs> she can't get them, so she opts to try and take apart the stair rail. And in the church... Jim emerges from the water, and another big shootout happens. Like it's, this is like wow. Uh, this is the woo stuff. Like still, it, well, yeah. it's like in the it's script. like they have all of the storyboards from Lou's like you know like draft of the of the of the film, and they're like, let's just keep all of it. It's because there's a lot of slow mo. <laughs> yeah, lot, and like I don't, and I, it doesn't like I gotta say. I mean, the movie plot-wise is really silly. The action's not bad in this movie. Like I, I like it's not the like, it, it's, it's it, not, it has it, a, it's not like. It's, it's, there's nothing special, but it, it, when it when it, it's happening, it's 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 good. It's yeah, it's solid. it's quintessential '90s stuff. I, it's right, shot yeah, by yeah, the yeah. guy that shot um that shot Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I really like I got that feel from it. Like I, yeah. I looked it up after I was like, this has a lot of like the '90s action, like Die Hard. It is like, oh, sure enough, it's the guy that did with the Vengeance, and it feels like it. Like it has. I mean, I mentioned the jet skis, but it does use like it uses them to its advantage. Like it has them driving around. They have it all. Like because nowadays the be- the best movie I can compare this to is Geostorm. As far as like, let's blend so much shit together yeah. and just see what happens. Because that's a movie where it's like, not only do we have a weather machine that can destroy the world, we also have a have an assassination of the president plotline. And this is a lot like that. It's like the fl- yeah. the town's not only being flooded, there's a group of guys trying to heist a big armored car in the middle mm-hmm. of it. And so it's like, but you know, that movie, it's all CG stuff. This is like practical, right. put jet skis into a school that's flooded. Let's see how that looks or put them into a church. Well, they also, like, they have the promise they have jet skis and big stained glass windows and they drive the jet skis mm-hmm. through the big glass like yes so this big shootout happens and it winds up in a stare down of tom and the sheriff and jim comes behind the sheriff and strangles him with this big cord another time where someone explodes out of the water right how many times do you think people jump out of the water and start attacking other people either with electrical cords or with guns or, or whatever it's hard not to but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys have ever jumped directly out of the water. It takes me about about 20 seconds to get all the water like out of my eyes and see what the hell's going on. Meanwhile, everyone there there's like trampolines underneath them, or or, or that they drop like a massive weight to have them fire out of the water and start <laughs> shooting wildly. The damn guy and Phil wind up shooting each other through this, and Phil's not quite killed. Tom wonders where Karen is to the sheriff at gunpoint as he's being strangled. And uh, she, meanwhile, is trying to remove the rail and gets to the top of the stairs. The sheriff uh, says they went back to her house. Uh, An alarm begins to sound. The dam guy says the dam has topped out and they don't have long as it's an old dam. The sheriff says if they let him and Hank go, which Hank is the the dam guy. Uh, They'll keep calling him the dam guy. If they let him go and keep a couple bags, he'll tell them where Karen is. Tom says okay, but Jim vehemently says no. I just want the money. I want all the money. <laughs> Phil, dying, tells them where she is. Jim then, then demands the sheriff out of the boat. Tom takes the speedboat and heads off, leaving them all. Jim makes the sheriff and the damn guy sit in the water as he readies. The dam starts blowing over. As Jim isn't paying attention, the sheriff grabs his anklet gun, which we, we saw a scene earlier that heavily featured for no reason. A close-up on uh, 
Randy, Randy Quaid, Quaid a, sweet ankle. Sweet ankle getting a gun, and this is why. And he shoots Jim and takes the boat. Jim finds another boat, because there's just boats everywhere in Hard Rain Town. <laughs> Betty White should have calmed down. It's like, just wait three minutes, another yeah. boat will come by. As the damn guy, Hank, tells the sheriff to go fast, he pushes him off the boat. <laughs> Second time, the, you know, less weight, faster. Uh, the church then starts coming down getting destroyed as Phil is in it. The damn guy hurriedly tries to escape but is caught in the rushing water and then exploded by a tank that comes rushing down the alley that he swam to to recover. And it's it's Craig Kilburn in that credit scene in old school. Or what was the the one we want? It was Speed Trap. It was James Caan's death in Speed Trap. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, just... Over-the-top kill. I just love this enormous propane tank that's like the size of like a septic tank. <laughs> and he's got it, those... Almost the, like... He's got the, like the zoom camera with the bug eyes like, oh! Yeah, that's the, that's the that's the Ving Rhames and Con Air death. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I just love that tank just flying at him. It's like there was like a heat-seeking uh, heat missile, but it was a propane tank. So Tom is at Karen's home and underwater it is uprooted from the ground and starts floating away he finds a hacksaw which immediately breaks when he tries to cut the stair rail and he had to swim all the way downstairs to the kitchen for that see when the house like floated away i thought oh this is uh, the part where ed asner comes back right <laughs> she then says to use wayne's gun so tom swims to go get that he shoots it yeah. and it works Guns are used it's like a Swiss army knife in this thing. I'm surprised guns weren't used to start cars. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm surprised they didn't ride the guns like boats. <laughs> so they make a break for it. We then get a, a short clip of Doreen and Henry are alive and well and on a tree surviving. Well, like they're like, like Henry's somehow like barely living now. He's yeah. like collapsed on the tree. <laughs> Like, weren't they taken back to their house? Or... Well, they must have got caught in the rushing water from the, the dam just given away. Yeah, I assume it just flipped over their boat somewhere, and they're uh-huh. on the one tree that won't get flooded, apparently. Yeah. But, they, but they didn't show that. Like, last we saw was them, they got in a boat, like, oh, okay, they're fine. And now they're barely alive in a tree. Like, what the hell? I mean, we saw the waters rush. We didn't see anything happen to them. So just outside Karen's floating house, Jim and the sheriff are having a shootout, because... <laughs> because we haven't had one in people, five well, minutes. People catch up to each other really fast in this town. Uh, Jim winds up having boat trouble and then ramps it over her house and right into the sheriff, which misses him, but the engine comes flying behind and goes right into Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for all the movie's faults, pretty awesome, right? Guys? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was like, oh, he takes a boat. It's a flooded town, so he's got a house roof to ramp it off of. He misses him with the bow, but no, here comes the the engine with the propeller right behind him into Quaid. <laughs> the only thing missing was an explosion. That's what I wanted to happen. Just, just the engine to fly at him and then kablamo! <laughs> so there's another movie. I'm not going to say it right now, but it might be the next one we have to do the next time I'm on this show. That's like the exact opposite of this movie that does, and actually, I think Graham Yost did rewrite on the script, that does have like the inverse of this death scene, which uh, <laughs> we'll get to that someday. But uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tom swims over to Jim, who says he's really tired, but to live. Karen's on the sheriff boat, and his bloody body comes crawling back onto it. She grabs his gun and then goes to shoot him point blank. And he pulls the anklet, and she pulls the trigger, and click. But don't worry, Jim and Tom unload on him. 
this this scene takes like 30 minutes it's also motion. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's like every everything is in slow motion it takes so long to get through this final get, action scene and then karen gets all pissed because you know she didn't get that final shot on him and throws the gun in the water which man karen blowing his head off would have been cooler than this right it would have, except Morgan Freeman looks so cool because he's right. like crouched over with like the gun under his armpit, just like shooting, looking backwards. Like, yeah, Morgan Freeman doesn't hold guns the right way; he holds them <laughs> this way. <laughs> so, uh, the the state police show up. Tom says to Jim, "They better get out of here," and uh, he's got to turn in the money. There's a bag floating close to Jim, and he takes it and runs away. Karen asks if her church survived, and there's this like funny little spiel like about the church. Did you know if my church survived? church the last i saw there was a little bit of flood damage on the inside but but what i'll give you the good news the water from the dam probably put the fire out what fire listen i had nothing to do with it the sheriff started it this is the state police was it a bad fire bad fire no, no, it's a little fine. Some roof damage. It's probably why they felt safe enough to drive their boats through the stained glass windows. We get a freeze frame of them that leads to a black screen with rolling credits and Jars of Clay's Flood plays. Jars of Clay. The Christian rock group Jars of Clay with their, their song Flood, which apparently was made popular by this movie. Yeah, this was a big hit for them. Like this is a, a hit song, and like this movie by, uh, was part of it. It was the same. Did they did they have a music video with the movie clips in it? Oh, I hope so, but I doubt it. They're a Christian rock group. I doubt they'd have an R-rated film, an action film like this, like did, clips. In the were movie. they allowed to, to to have the 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 jet skis crashing through the stained glass windows as a part of their video? Like, probably didn't help. <laughs> You're telling me that if there was a music video where people shot through stained glass windows and jet skis, you wouldn't watch it once. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, you guys could be in this. There's a church in this movie. Oh, there is. It gets, it gets destroyed. But, it gets burned down. It's a nice effort because I, I like this song. Like, I don't, yeah. I have no familiarity with Jars of Clay, but I like the song. I like that. I like that the idea that it's called Flood was like the only reason that that got them this movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's a nice song. It works. I forgot <laughs> this song existed until this. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. I don't know the lyrics, but I like the rhythm. Like, it's just, all right, I can do that. They only play, like, one verse, and then it cuts to the score and the credits. <laughs> right. That's hard rain. It came down. came down hard. It flooded. Money was spread around. And Big Christian, damn rain. Christian Slater saved the day with Morgan Freeman. Randy Quaid, same fate as Independence Day, just you didn't fist pump for the They went up his. Reason. Yeah, they went up his. <laughs> Why is he saying "Remember me, boys"? I don't. What does that have to do with anything? So I, I mentioned um, Slater was like a producer on this movie. Yeah, I had I I remember reading this that he like he was begging Wu to direct this movie. Like mm-hmm. he was like in need of a hit essentially, and like mm-hmm. he really wanted after Broken Arrow, he really wanted Wu, and it, like he didn't work out. And then like all the probably the, the law stuff didn't help. And then like when Wind Talkers was coming, he he like begged to be on that movie. He's like, now I need yeah. you, Wu. Like I tried to get you. Now I need you for this. I need to be in this. I need to star in something. Like it's. it's they were like, gonna get Travolta, and, and he quit, and he, they replaced Travolta with who always replaces Travolta, Ed Asner. You know. Yeah, obviously yeah, that adds up. Yeah. Well, and then like the the BBC had something to do with this as well. Like they were one of the studios behind it. Like what? There's like six production companies involved in this. 
people wanted to make this movie. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's crazy that this is, yeah. Like, Hard Toho. Is... Toho's involved in this movie. Yeah. Of Godzilla yeah. films. Toho's like, we got to get in on this Hard Rain. Like, we can <laughs> we can make the town. We can do the miniature town for you guys. For the, for the who, who, who you got? Asner? White? I love them. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like, did any of these people read the script? Like, what script did they read? You guys they wouldn't had, believe. They had their own notes. It was it was a, it was too good. Like... You wouldn't believe how big uh, Mark Rolston is in uh, Japan, man. He's huge. <laughs> I feel like the only notes given in this were more gunfights. There needs to be people constantly shooting at each other in this movie. There's... More more gunfire and more rain. Jet ski chases and gunfights. That's... You think I could have possibly had a birthday worse than this? What kind of illusion you think I am? Don't answer that, Phil. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are a cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with my family, which means fuck this town. You don't want anything to do with hard rain. and you ready for the flood to come down and the rain to stop, the sun to come out. Converted. You want to come with me? Like uh, leaving Betty White. But, you know, you're okay with uh, just heading out for a bit, being okay with hard rain. It's all right. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means fuck it all. Fuck your armor car job. Fuck your nephew, fuck your town, you're in it for the money, you're in with Morgan Freeman, you're all down for some hard rain. So, Aaron, how do you rate hard rain? That 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 last one. <laughs> of course, uh. I, I just want the money. The money being this movie. It, it, it's, it, it's like a, it's a 90s relic. It accomplishes what it needs to. It's really silly in a very 90s action movie sort of way. Uh, you mentioned, like, Die Hard in a Flood, and that's pretty much what you get here. I, I wish there were more colorful supporting actors to fill this out, as opposed to just kind of, like, the C-team of, like, character actors. But I, Morgan Freeman does enough for me. Randy Quaid is threatening enough for me in a po- you know a, a pre-crazy Randy Quaid role. We don't see him anymore. We don't like talking about Randy Quaid. And he's, of course, he's I li- in a shack in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah. and of course, I like Christian Slater. I generally like him in these movies. So it's like it, he it, he's always kind of like he never feels right for this kind of role, and yet I still am intrigued by seeing him in them. And that's the kind of a, that's the space he occupies here quite well, I think. Cullen. Uh, well, I was trying to decide what I was going to rate this as I was watching it, and I'm still <laughs> a little not entirely sure what I'm going to say. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm going to know what I'm going to say until I'm actually saying it. There really are just so many gunfights in this movie. It is ridiculous. I, I don't understand why Christian Slater is so damn gung-ho on saving all that money. He doesn't seem to like this job. It's not like he's trying to prove anything to anyone. Uh, what does he care? It's not his money. I don't get why he's so honor-bound to this position. The acting was fine. I don't know. Just overall, it just did not grab me. I love you know, action movies, as we've mentioned several times on this show. But, man, this one just... I was just sitting there like, I get it. They're all wet. Like, <laughs> I, like, like, like I, I, was, I was mini driver while watching this movie. Just like, okay... Whatever, let's keep going. Yeah, I, I just I'm gonna stay with my family on this one. Brandon, how do you rate Hard Rain? Uh, to your point that you don't know why Christian Sayer is doing this, I think it's the death of his uncle and his uncle's dedication to his job that he wants to fulfill that call of duty his uncle had. And then yeah. the minute he finds out his uncle was involved, he gives up the money, but the money's not there. Mm. So I think that's sort of why what puts him in this predicament or why he I guess keeps I, going. I, I, I guess I didn't pick up on the subtleties of hard rain. That's my fault. <laughs> well, I, was just, 
Hard Rain, man, it's it's got a lot of elements of all those '90s action movies I like. I, I would say it's a. I don't think it's a bad movie. Totally, like it's it's watchable. It's got fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say like, this is bad, like at all. Like I'm I'm struggling here. Like there's there's some fun pieces. I think I'm gonna go on like a very mild converted with it. I, I'm on the line. But overall, I think I enjoyed returning to it, maybe out of a place of nostalgia or what, whatnot. But there's there's some fun set pieces. I like the concept. What I really was thinking while I'm watching this and I'm thinking Graham Yost, I'm like, what if he made really focused, got you know some creative control and made a, like a, a six-part Netflix series based off Hard Rain and tried to like do it better? <laughs> Have a little more time, just like a, a limited series. If they like readapted the storyline into a season of Justified? Yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like or an arc within a, a season of Justify or something like that. Like it's there. Like I don't know if this is totally functional as like a. I get the the movie aspect of it, but I think in like today's modern times, it'd be a good limited series run on on a streaming platform or or like an HBO or something would be cool to like remake it. I kept thinking that in my head, but I don't know who's gonna. So your it. problem was there wasn't enough rain. <laughs> I want harder rain. <laughs> Very, very mild converted. Like tomorrow, I could change my mind and be like, "Eh, I'm saving my family." Overall, I did. I did enjoy watching it. Going back, it's not a very long movie. Morgan Freeman's enjoyable. Christian Slayer's enjoyable. Randy Quaid's. I, I kind of like wish he would have gotten just like a little more over the top. Maybe that would have been <laughs> something for it. But yeah, it's 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 a, it's solid. If you were grew up in the era or around when it came came out. Going back to it's out of curiosity. I mean, it's not going to harm you. You probably get a little bit of fun out of it. But like, I'd probably rather go back. Christian Slater action ones definitely broken arrow is one I can go back to every now and then quite a bit. I like that movie a lot. And true romance, of course. And true, yeah, true romance. I don't. That's I don't really that's yeah, true it's romance, less of a like broken arrow. But, movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel on Hard Rain, the 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 bomb of 1998. Fun fact, it came out the same week as Fallen, a movie we did a commentary track for. Yeah, which is a very good movie. Mm. Time was not on Hard Rain's side. (laughs) (laughs) It came across feeling half-baked. Another movie that opened that same weekend. Before we started recording, Aaron, you said that you watched this movie and it aged perfectly. (laughs) When you said that, I felt like, you know what? I bet I would had the same reaction watching it when it originally came out as when I watched it now. So yes, it did age perfectly. (laughs) Like a fine 90s wine. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks later, Deep Rising, a movie with Jet Ski on the cover, came out in theaters also. Oh, yeah. Good time for Jet Skis this year. (laughs) It's a year after Speed 2. I mean, Jet Skis are all over the place. Treat Williams and Christian Slater, my action heroes. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Treat Williams. The jet ski companies were really trying to break into Hollywood, so they were just featured in as many movies as possible. Well, Deep. Nintendo 64 had Wave Race a year before this, so it's like, you know, oh. they were all, kids love jet skis. I, I, I'll say this, I enjoyed Hard Rain more. Wave Race, yes. <laughs> You're in for a treat with Deep Rising. All right. Deep Rising is good. That's a future commentary, too. <laughs> Deep Rising's a good movie. <laughs> I have it on a Blu-ray combo pack with some other movie that I can't think of offhand. <laughs> I think it might be The Puppet Masters. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like a $2 double feature Blu-ray from Milk Creek. Yeah. Well, I liked when Karen's house like came out of the foundation because it was raining so hard. Yeah. Did you that's notice a, this? Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah, it just came up and floated away. Which really made no difference on the movie itself, but it's like, 
houses don't do that. <laughs> so that was my thought. <laughs> like, like, how shitty is her house? That yeah, it like, just... sir, and it's like a two-story house that's like really nice. Yeah. It's like, how is this the house that uproots itself from the foundation? Unless it was made entirely out of like Lincoln logs or something. <laughs> <laughs> the foreman for the house was like a five-year-old. When uh, when Henry told Betty White to shut the fuck up, I wrote Henry MVP on the on my notes there. That's that's, that's, that's useful. So what do we do now? Uh, well, I guess we we'll just drive around until we run out of gas, huh? On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Santa with Muscles, the Hulk Hogan film from 1996. <laughs> Joining us will be Corey Miller from My Way and the Showdown podcast. I'd like to point out that uh, Morgan Freeman was on the show before Hulk Hogan. And Clint Howard. Was Clint Howard on an episode yet? That's surprising if he's not, honestly. Oh, man. Overdue. Thank you for uh, streaming, downloading, whatever you use to listen to us. We appreciate it all. And uh, thanks to Aaron for returning for a fifth time. It's five. Five, five, staying alive. Keeping your record. The Five Timers Club on the Colts Cinema Cavalcade. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We'll we'll send you the jacket. Great. I just want the money. So, Aaron, you want to <laughs> <laughs> tell them where your all your stuff is if they don't want to listen to back episodes to find it? Uh, I like the idea. I'm gonna say, no, you have to listen to our Mars Attacks episode to know where you can find more of my work online. Um, you can find me uh, talking just like this over Not Now with Aaron and Abe with my friend Abe and I. We talk about the newest movie releases. We also do commentaries every month and a lot of bonus content recently as well. I write movie reviews over on YSOBlue.com as well as on We Live Entertainment. You can find my personal blog, the code Zeke.com. All my stuff is there. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And you're the host. I'm the what? All right, this episode has come to an end. (laughs) This episode has come to an end. We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Santa with Muscles. The trailer that actually trails. In the season of Santa, there are two kinds of people. The naughty... And the nice. I got 50 bucks for the first elf that brings me Santa Claus. Hulk Hogan is Blake Thorne, and he's definitely naughty. To make his getaway, he's going to make a mockery of the world's most beloved hero. Do you have a minute? Fox me, a little brat. That's him. But sometimes, the only way you can feel the spirit of Christmas... Where'd he go? ...is to be hit over the head with it. Santa! What? It's showtime. Now, this confused bad boy is Santa, like you've never seen him before. A bearded basher of bad guys. A hero with a silly hat. A Robin Hood in red. Who were those guys, anyway? Oh, they were from Mr. Frost. He's been clearing out the whole neighborhood, and no one knows why. And he's got three days to foil a band of evil scientists. Assemble the team. We're taking the orphanage. Wait till Santa hears about this. He'll kick your butt to New Year's. (sighs) Santa, you slay me. Hulk Hogan is Santa with an attitude. Keep the milk and cookies warm. Santa with some friends. We wouldn't want to be you.
Santa with a mission. How are we supposed to get over this? And most of all, he's Santa with muscles. They can't start Christmas without me. Can they? There have been many Santas. You're not Santa. You're fed. But there's only one named Hope. Well, all you had to do was knock. Santa with muscles. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. your guys' last episode today because mainly, mainly because I wanted to hear the trailer, then because of you guys. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't go on YouTube. First. I couldn't go on YouTube. It was strictly audio. I, I could have played the trailer featured on the Blu-ray, but I was like, no, I'm just going to listen to just the audio portion of it thanks to this podcast. <laughs>